The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus came from Galilee to John in the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The voice of the Lord makes the oak cheese writhe. I think some of us felt like we heard the voice of the Lord yesterday. (laughs) I um, was looking uh, on my uh, Facebook page uh, a couple of minutes ago, I have a friend that is, uh, I believe the term they are using is transitioning, and we don't expect him to live through the day. So I was checking Facebook to see what the situation was, and before I could get very far, here's a picture from my niece in Greenville, South Carolina, and um, they got clobbered, um, lost a, it must have I mean, it looks like about a 150-year-old tree uh, that Thank goodness, missed their house, came down right beside it, and another beautiful uh, magnolia that they lost as well. So I I mentioned to the 8 o'clock people at the announcement time that I imagine we're going to hear more this week about things that have happened and places that have been hurt. So we were going to kind of keep our ears out for that. And uh, I noted this morning on the radio that there was a Presbyterian church, I believe in Alabama, that the roof was taken off, and uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that there were some injuries or casualties on that at that time. So just remember the things you hear this week and lift them up in prayer, and we'll listen in terms of are there places that might need help from, the, from this wind and ways we can help through Episcopal Relief and Development. So I just want to call that to your attention. The other thing I want to mention before I begin my homily this morning is If you ever find somebody that you want to talk to about what it means to be a Christian, look at this Acts scripture that we have this morning. That is as good a capsulation of what it is that we we see in Jesus Christ without reciting the Nicene or the Apostles' Creed. As best we understand it, this really was sort of a formulation of the creed that they 
had in the early church. This was written probably very few years after Jesus was uh, crucified. So it was, it was with how the church in that early stage was grappling with what had happened. And I think it was, in a, it was meant for the early believers to be able to put their thoughts together. And I think that if you have somebody that's trying to figure out, do I really want to believe in Jesus or do I really want to come back to believing in Jesus, sharing that passage with them, I think is a simple uh, evangelistic way that, that people can look at and, and dissect for themselves. So I offer that to you. Um, what I want to talk about this morning is about Jesus' baptism. And I had, we had a lectionary class this week, which you also often hear me speak of, but we had an opportunity to go around the room and talk about remembering what we remembered of our own baptisms or our children's baptisms. And uh, it was an interesting conversation about different people's viewpoint and where they had been baptized, which church they'd been baptized in. The amazing thing about this scripture to me is it's so short, but it has so much in it. And it tells us so much about our God and about our Lord. Yesterday at our vestry retreat, we spent time getting to know each other. We had two new vestry members, and so we had a new group. And it was a time to tell about our own church story, to tell about some of our understanding of how do we do leadership, how are we leaders, and we got back and forth conversation as, as well as doing some Bible study together. I felt so good when I left because I felt that I had a different understanding of this group of leaders that you have chosen over the years to be your vestry. Because we'd spent time together talking about things that I didn't know about them. You know, how, how did they come to be an Episcopalian? You know, how, how do they feel in a part about baptism, what it's about? What is it about this particular congregation that they find to be fulfilling to them, that makes them want to be here? And those kinds of things really help me to get to know them. Now, this may sound odd, and I, don't, I want you to hopefully hear it the way I want to say it, I left yesterday trusting their leadership more than when I came in. Not that I didn't trust them as great people, as fellow Christians, as members of this parish, as some of them had already been on vestry, but there was a different texture to that leadership because I knew more about them. And so my hope is that as the year goes on and we continue some of this learning, we will build trust in each other because that's really what makes a team is when we trust each other as all the way down the road. So let's look and see in this particular pericope from Matthew is what's in it that can help us to trust God and trust Jesus more. First of all, we can learn a little bit through John's eyes. John, let's just review for a moment. He was the one who was to come to prepare the way for the one who was to come. 
He's already told us through the scriptures and several gospels that he was not worthy to, one of them says, to untie the thong of his sandal. That's a very lowly task because it was the slave at the household who untied that and washed the feet. So he doesn't even feel like he's as good as a servant or a slave to Jesus. So he is looking at this and all of a sudden, he who thinks that, you know, he is preparing the way for this majestic person who's coming, i.e. Jesus, his cousin, and he looks up and who's standing in front of him? Jesus. Can you imagine John's, I'm not sure what it is, shaking in his boots? What would that be? I, I, I think about if you thought of somebody that you admired so much, whether it was religious or whatever field it was in, somebody is just kind of your idol. And they come to you and say, you know what, I need your advice. What would that feel like? For some of us, it would be kind of nerve-wracking. You want my advice? Uh, I need to be asking you for your advice. There's something wrong here. So one of the things we discover is that John never thought of himself as baptizing Jesus. And in fact, he said, it should be the other way around, gang. You ought to be baptizing me. This also gives us a clue in the fact that John apparently still held on to the notion that the Messiah was going to be a political figure that he was going to right all the wrongs and turn everything upside down, not as a savior, not as son of God, but as a powerful, powerful commodity, a powerful leader. And it is in this very small piece of text that Jesus turns his back on that. No. No. We are doing this. I have come to you to be baptized in order to fulfill God's will. In order to fulfill God's will. If you look at that or you go back and read it, you know that there must have been some power in his voice because John didn't argue with him again. He, he said, okay, okay. And then Jesus is baptized by John. The other people there that were to be baptized had been coming to John were sinners. They were people that saw themselves as unclean. Here our Lord identifies not with the set aside or set apart. Who does he identify with? He identifies with us. He identifies with our sinfulness. He identifies with our mistakes, with our need for a Savior. He could have just as easily said to John the baptizer, you know what, I think you're right. Let me baptize you. That would make more sense. But he knows he's not to be that kind of a leader. I don't know where you are in this, but for me, the fact that he would do that and that he would do it publicly and he would challenge his own cousin. No, God's will is. 
that you, John, baptize me, Jesus. He challenged him on that. And he had the power of his presence, his voice, whatever, to influence John the baptizer enough to agree to do it. And perhaps even to put John on the spot. Because he's been saying, I'm not worthy. Look what the picture's changing to. Jesus came to me to do this baptism. What's this all about? I have a feeling John the baptizer went home that day a tad bit confused. Maybe even as confused as I get sometimes with Scripture. Jesus says, my leadership, my example for you is going to be to let you know that I love you. To let you know the reason I love you is because my Abba, my Father loves you. This is the kind of leader I'm going to be. I'm going to be a leader with you. I'm going to walk where you walk. I'm going to worship where you worship. I'm going to go into your homes when people think I shouldn't. I'm going to heal on Sundays if that's what it needs to happen. I'm going to care about the widows and the orphans. I'm going to care about you. That's my kind of leadership. It's God's kind of leadership. Is that not a good reason to have a strong faith in who our God is and who our Lord is? All the way down the road, Jesus shows us again and again whose side he's on, who he's trying to show us is on our side, which is also the Father in heaven, our God. This has been a hard week if you've been watching the news and watching the people in Iran. You know how it started off last weekend with the drone bombing and the killing. Then we heard this shadowy news about the airline and everybody was looking for somebody. I, I shouldn't, that's a little overstatement. Various people were trying to figure out how it happened. And I mentioned last week, if you were here, that, you know, at one point the Iranian people were uh, protesting their rulers, and then the next breath after the death of the general, they were protesting us and our rulers or our president. And now that the Iranian airline has had to admit that it did shoot down the airplane, albeit by mistake, but they did kill all those people with their missile. And last night I had, saw pictures of all the, excuse me, the protests going on again by, against the people that allowed that to happen. I'm not taking them as any sort of, this is the way it goes, doesn't it? So many of the people that we look to as leaders, one day we think, oh, they're great. Another day we think, I don't know what this is about. Where are they heading us? What are they taking us to? There's not a whole lot of leaders across the board that we have the same feeling about day in and day out as being right, being ready, being whatever. God is above all that. 
That's the message for us this morning. You can put your trust in God. I know that's not new news, but it's news I think we need to remind ourselves of from time to time. This God has not betrayed us, never betrayed us. God has been on our side from our creation. God has not only been on our side, but God in Christ and through the church has invited us to join with him and be on his side to do the work of ministry. In just a few moments, we are going to renew our baptismal vows, something that I take very seriously, our church takes very seriously. I hope you will take very seriously. Because when we renew our vows, we're saying, I believe in God's leadership enough to believe that I'm supposed to help God do the work. Now, when a leader comes to you, whether it's the PTA president or the corporation that's ahead of the CEO or whatever, when somebody that is a known leader comes to you and said, I need your help, how does that make you feel? Doesn't it make you feel like you're part of the team? You may not want to do what they want you to do, but at least they came to you and asked. That's what God's doing. That's what the church is doing in these baptismal vows. We cannot turn the way the world looks around unless you're going to help. We'll never get to the place where human beings' dignities are respected across the board unless you'll start doing it. We'll never be able to build up the church unless you continue to tell your story. God is our leader. And through our baptismal vows and through the communion and through the renewal, every time is saying, please, come be on my team. I need you. So you're going to get asked again this morning, will you join up? Will you be on the team? And you have an opportunity to respond, I will. Not just though, I will. It's that other part that's so important. I will with God's help. And God has pledged God's life the life of his son on his helping us to know how to be a Christian. Amen.